<laughs> Welcome everybody to the N Words of Nerd podcast. I'm your host Jason, and we are here with my cast crew and members. And uh, we have a very special episode coming for you today. It is Ghostbusters on everything. Who are you gonna call? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. We're probably gonna call Jaron because the way Jaron's dressed, he uh, he's the guy <laughs> we call on here. So without further ado, um, back off his uh, firing. I mean hiatus, excuse me, <laughs> vacation. Uh, we figured we would bring the top most Ghostbuster expert in for the Ghostbuster show. We're here with Jaron. What's going on, Jaron? How's it going? Hey, hey, how's it going? Thanks for unfiring me. Uh, that lawsuit, we just we can't talk about it, but uh, you know. <laughs> You're talking about the lawsuit, Jared. You're not I'm supposed glad, to talk about it. I'm glad we came to an agreement. <laughs> just, just a question. Um, can we not talk? Which one are we going to talk about first? The lawsuit or the Batman discussion? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to do Batman next week. Yeah, we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. doing. Facts, 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 facts. All right, as always, we have our Duke of all nerds, Jason. What's going on? Jaren, don't watch the beginning of our B-roll of this program. <laughs> <laughs> Watching all of it, I can't wait. Yes, it's great. It's we'll, good. We'll, good day. Good day. It's early for us today. We're shooting early. Yes. <laughs> I want to jump into our Ghostbusters after <laughs> Afterlife review. There, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is the newest. I guess we will call it Ghostbusters. I guess it will be considered Ghostbusters three at this point. Entry or are we going to say it's four? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's August, three yeah. of the original series. Yeah. Okay, Jerry, you gonna let him get that off because I know how you feel about. I mean, uh, video game. The, the game is technically three. It was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, and it followed directly after Ghostbusters two. So, uh, it's hard video to games say. don't count. It's three point five. So, yeah. <laughs> or let's go two point five. Let's do yeah, two point five. Yeah. Then All we'll right. Make, well, then let's do the newest installment to the Ghostbusters franchise, Ghostbusters Afterlife, when a single mother and her two children move to. A new town. They soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our review of this. Jason, what was your thoughts of Ghostbusters Afterlife? Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It was really, really funny. Uh, I liked all the, the cheesy, corny jokes. I enjoyed the nostalgia part of it. And now I'm going to talk shit about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I could have used a, a little bit more Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd was not as much of an as I wanted him to be. Uh, Finn Wolfhart, fuck Finn Wolfhart. <laughs> like he's probably the most <laughs> blandest character actor of all time. I, he's just he's just there in this movie. Um, little girl uh, who they got to play the little girl is McKenna Grace Phoebe. Yeah, she's she's great. She's probably the best part of this movie. I mean, she is practically her movie to begin with. So yeah. Um, She's awesome in this. She does this job so well. She definitely is channeling uh, Egon Spangler very, very well in this movie. Um, how can poor white women always be, you know, inheriting houses? <laughs> like uh, privilege. <laughs> <laughs> always is like, oh, we we we're getting kicked out of our apartment, but hey, guess what? We don't gotta live in the streets because we inherited a house from a dead relative. We're gonna go live in it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a movie trope for sure. (laughs) It's like it's not that you know hard to sell the thing, and I'm sure someone would have bought the that property could have easily been. I don't know how Oklahoma property goes, but here if it was something here in Georgia, you know that something that size would have been like three million dollars easy. You know, oh yeah, even with that shitty ass house. 
You see the rest of the uh, you see the rest of that town. I don't think anybody could have afforded. Another I'm just saying, town. if it was in Georgia, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest <laughs> right. of that town, nothing. Um, to come for it in Georgia. Yeah, like for me, like I hate, and this is just my opinion. You know, it's completely okay to be wrong with this. I just hate like sequels where they just kids do the things that adults did in previous movies. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just kind of lessens the like work they put in because these guys in the original Ghostbusters were, you know, they had multiple PhDs. And even though that they started doing like a, you know, blue collar job of busting ghosts, you know, they did it because they were able, they were, they were able to do, to create the technology and, and be there and do all that stuff, you know? And then, you know, this 12 year old girl just picks it up. and It's like, I can do it too. <laughs> no training required. <laughs> it's so, called YouTube. It's called YouTube. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. learn anything off of YouTube. You she know. also had a, a dead <laughs> grandfather helping. Yeah, her she had. She had. Whoa! Spoilers! 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 Wait. <laughs> oh, wait, we have a section yeah? for that. We have a section for that. <laughs> Jaren, I don't get. Sorry, but you know what? <laughs> Even with all the nitpicky shit, the nostalgia here is great. The the minion thing that they did with the marshmallows is in the it's it's unnecessary, but I was like, oh, this is fun for me, you know. <laughs> so otherwise, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, my kid was laughing along with it. Uh, he even told me that uh, the little girl was the best shot out of all the Ghostbusters because all the rest of the Ghostbusters can't hit shit for, for shit. <laughs> facts, uh, facts. So it was really, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad they finally came out with a movie that is a sequel to the original timeline of movies. Yeah. And I'm here for anything they put after this, as long as it's still in this same universe. Okay. Uh, I'll jump into it because I think we're going to do a trend here of letting Jaren go last since, you know, we, we already know what he's going to lean except for 2016. Going into it, so um, life after 2016's Ghostbusters seems like it's going to be a lot brighter. I think I made a joke last week that 2016's Ghostbusters had to die a slow death for this one to walk. And it show improves in this one because this one totally feels like it could be a sequel to the originals. Not in the comedic sense, not in the sense of the atmosphere of New York City, but in the the family and the fact of the relationships. One of the biggest things about Ghostbusters that's not talked about enough is the relationships between, the, especially the original three, and then if you go into the sequel, all four of them, this one hammers that home a lot. It, it, does, it does it in a weird way, not in a typical way of just putting the three people or four people together and letting them work it out. It does it in a way of saying that, hey, we're building this relationship amongst ourselves, but also this relationship links to the past. And I thought that was an interesting take on the film to say, okay, this is Egon's legacy. How does Egon's legacy, which seems to be disconnected from his descendants, but bring it to a whole? And I think if you were going to do this movie any other way, it fails. Because it did enough to link us to the past that we were able to buy into things, but also did enough new that we were able to say, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. Um, and an example of this is what Jason said. Yeah, the, these brilliant minds built this equipment and stuff, and now this 12-year-old girl figures it out in X, Y, and Z. Well, they do a good job of showing that this 12-year-old girl is very, very handy, She's very, smart. very intelligent. So... Almost to the degree, if you give her a set of directions of how to do something, I feel like she's very capable to do this. And that set of directions just happened to be, as Jared spoiled earlier. So with that being <laughs> said, um, 
the only, you know, I have some nitpicky things before I go into nitpicky things. I want to kind of examine the roles that are played here. So even my man Flynn, they, they're going to definitely make him the, the, and yes, I know guys, I know it's Finn. I know everybody's <laughs> we pre- coming we're below. pronouncing it why wrong keep, on purpose. Yeah. Why do you keep saying his name is this? Look at the previous segment. That's why we call him Flynn now. Um, but even him being handy capable when it comes to putting together the, the Ecto-1. Which again, it's in the, it's in the trailer. You see him driving it in the trailer. So people are like, "Oh, spoilers!" No, you see, but he puts it together again. That's showing that he has a knack for mechanics and using his hands, which his you know grandfather did as well as Ray did. We look at the one of the characters that are new to the film um, podcast. He is yep. what we all really want because if you can't have Bill Murray, give me a toned down comedic relief. I don't need someone to be Bill Murray. I don't need someone to be Peter Venkman. I need someone to just give us some of the relief without having to do the extra because you realize very, very recently, real quickly in this film, how over the top Peter Vakeman is compared to everything else in this film <laughs> in, in some scenes at the end. So I enjoyed that he's going to fill that role as the guy that needs everything more explained to it to kind of bridge the gap. But also he has a role because out of all of the people involved, he's probably the most adjusted to the things that go on in the real world, or let's say if we have the studious type, he would be closer to that because of the podcast he does. Um, and then we bring in the, you know, we got to bring in the, the token black character, which again, she didn't get much of it, but a lot close to the first one. I mean, if you want to keep it real, Winston isn't in much of the first one. He's either. not in the first two thirds of the movie. He's not even there right, in the right. last <laughs> half of the, of the second act. <laughs> right. So to bring her in and then make her, you know, ride or die with them is a good add-on too. So, all of, to say all this, this movie feels very Star Wars: Force Awakens to me, which is not a bad thing. Let's go back to Force Awakens. Most of us loved Force Awakens when it came out. The only negative we had was that it was too close to the original. But we were like, "Oh, it's a good start." If you're going to re-kick a franchise, make it feel familiar. This felt familiar. This felt like we were getting back in the seat with some old friends and being like. Unlike the Eternals, these were my friends from college, and now I'm back in the seat with them, and I have this ride just with maybe their kids are involved now too. So it did <laughs> feel familiar. It did feel fun. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the only nitpicky things I had was that I do think that some of the urgency they could have gave Flynn to really cement his role kind of got undercut by some stuff that happened, which we'll talk about in spoilers. And I also think that the heartwarming, touching moments went a little longer for me than I wanted. So, but whatever. But let's talk about some of the things I enjoy. I enjoyed that the gadgets, which me and Jaren were both gadget heads, but it's definitely in this one, I enjoyed the gadgets they did, the stuff they came up with, the new feel of it. And I also felt that putting the setting where it was allowed for the old technology to feel right. Because if you did this back in New York City, well, how much of New York City's advanced since 84 to now? Some of this stuff would have been unbelievable. We can't imagine <laughs> Ecto One streaming down New York City, splitting corners because we know what New York City's traffic is like. Like it, it would have been would things stop. we had to suspend. Right, right. <laughs> we would have, it would have had to spend a lot of disbelief to make it work in New York City again. So making it work in this small town where nobody seems to be that technologically advanced, nobody really cares about anything but the small town. It works. So when this technology comes out and it happens, it feels because the technology is from 1984, preferably it feels like it's suited perfectly for this town. So I thought the location of doing this was very, very mm. smart as well. Um, 
but yeah, that's my review, man. I, I loved it, man. And, uh, and everybody knows for the longest time I hated on this movie. So for me to come in and say I loved it, after the <laughs> first time I saw it, I was like, this is going to be Stranger Things. And then the other previews, I'm like, Jaren, you know this is going to suck. I used to tell Jaren that like once a month. You know that movie's going to suck, right? And to come in and say that I loved it shows you that like it, it did it did its job very well. All right, Jaren, what do you think? All right, spoiler free. Let's go. Uh, Here we go. Spoiler free. Jason Reitman did an amazing job of walking the line between introducing us to new characters that weren't boring while also giving us the right nostalgia that when it did show up, it was we were excited to see it. The biggest uh, pitfall I think that this movie could have fallen into was uh, uh, making it so that every time there was a nostalgia point, everybody was excited, but then it would cut to what was happening in the present day or with the present characters, and we're like, oh, all right, now I gotta wait for the next one. He made the characters, uh, McKenna Grace's Phoebe was phenomenal. Uh, she was like one of those atypical neural types, kind of a young Sheldon y kind of thing going on. Um, she's definitely on the spectrum, <clears throat> definitely on the spectrum, but she, she, uh, she was phenomenal. And yeah, I think the, the playoff with uh, the podcast character, um, he and her, their back and forth really, it was, it, it was heartwarming. It was, you, you, if you've ever had a, if you've ever moved as a kid into a new, to a new place and had to try to make friends again from the start without all the history and all the, you know, knowledge and everything, it's a difficult thing. So th there was something that, that hit me there that I enjoyed. Uh, I am a huge gadget fan. Uh, part of you know when I think of my favorite '80s movies or my favorite movies growing up, they all have that in common: is they had something very, very cool that I always wanted to own or have myself. Be it the uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future, the Ecto One, or Proton Pack or a Trap, like uh, even the PKE meter. Yeah, I mean uh, the whip from <laughs> like being good with the whip for like Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I derailed you. Um, no, but, uh, the, the, you can tell Jason Reitman, uh, is, is probably closer to our age because I think that he had a lot of, of similar love and he gave that, uh, love. He showed it in his directing style. Uh, part of it was to, uh, there were a couple of scenes where he really zoomed in on the PK meter to like obscure who was using it. Um, but uh, oftentimes, like you could tell that there was just uh, uh, a genuine appreciation of the gadgetry that follows or that that makes this this story possible. Um, also, he upgraded one thing with the gadgets and it was a I, I don't a spoiler. I don't know. Uh, it's it's nothing that has to do with the story, but. He made uh, an, uh, somebody at some point upgraded their PKE meter to have a, a trigger on the back that turned it into a shock, uh, kind of a, 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 a taser, a ghost taser. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought that was a phenomenal evolution of the gadget without like was still feeling true to the. To the, the I felt like he upgraded three things. OK, yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying to be unspoilery. So uh, and we'll get into a lot of detail here coming up but um he made the new story compelling enough and the characters were fleshed out enough that i enjoyed it yes flynn got the short end of the stick we could have used more paul rudd and honestly we could have used more lucky um we could I mean, always use more lucky 
Yeah, she she Facts. when she was there, when she was on screen, she was she she was commanding the scene and it was great every time. So um more Burkeen Woodside as well. Yeah, and I mean she Facts. had that yeah, she also she kind of brought that very mildly, but it was there, that kind of Murray skeptic kind of like you know, very cool about everything going on. She seemed very to handle everything that was being thrown at her, just like all right. I guess we're going to go this route now. So she had that vibe that I liked that just a little too cool for school, but just the right amount. And I dug it. Um, She's a child. Just making sure yeah. you know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason, actually, Jason, uh, number one, brought that up. Um, seeing and and, and I, I thoroughly agree, but I have to give you all the credit for this, this thought because I just I agree with it and I want to echo it. Um, uh, the idea that we are using kids and not adults, it takes this level of, uh, uh, how'd you put it exactly? You, you, they were able to kind of deal with the things that they were seeing and uh, without the fear and learned, like, like, let's protect ourselves behavior that comes from being around a lot longer, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I made the comment. I want that, to preserve that, my life because I know shit's right. out there to hurt me. <laughs> I made the comment that them putting it with kids works because kids in this generation have seen so much through YouTube, social media, and internet that anything that happens around them and to them isn't as terrifying to us because we've seen things go bad really quickly. For them, they haven't because they've just taken so much in. So when these things happen, that we would be like, oh my God, they're just like, oh man, that sucked. Like, because this this is that generation now. They've been desensitized to all the horrors of life because their life is, they're on a burning planet of of fire. (laughs) Right, right. Nothing scarier than global warming to them. Right. (laughs) And a lot of people in the the early reviews said that they did, they were worried that there wasn't going to be enough of the funny. Um, I I either disagree with their their interpretation, or uh, maybe they wrote that before they actually saw it. They lack joy the, in their heart. Yeah, the interplay uh, between the family, uh, between Paul Rudd and anybody he talked to, um, it, it was great. It was sharp. It was quick, um, and it was you know heavily sarcastic, <laughs> and it was fantastic. It, 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 had a, it had a it had a vibe to it, and I was there for it. So. All in all, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen it three times now, and every time I've seen it subsequently, it's gotten I've enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. So it 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 the first time I saw it, I was like, all right, yeah, 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 I dig it, I dig it. The second time I saw it, I was like, okay, no, I, I'm I, I'm really enjoying this. And and the the last time I saw it with you guys, uh, I I just I. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And it's emotion, the emotional point. Uh, the big one did go on a bit too long. I think I agree with Jason on that one. Um, but it gets me every time. <laughs> so I got, I was tearing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For those of you to, to know, is that we all plan on going to see this movie together yesterday <laughs> on Saturday at 3 50. Right. To find right. out when we get there that Jaren has already seen the movie twice. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 I managed mm-hmm. to get off work early on Thursday. It was literally two minutes before the last showing at the movie theater across from where I work. So I was like, knowing he already had a plan to see this on Saturday. Oh, I'd already had mm-hmm. the, I already had the ticket for Saturday. I still 
<laughs> so before we get into spoilers, sorry, excuse me, before we get into spoilers real quick, let's take an ad break. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into spoiler territory. Uh, let's go ahead and let you start, Jaren, since you end it. Let's go ahead and start with spoilers. Sure, uh, sure. Where do you want to go with that right there? Uh, do you want to talk about the ending? You want to start there, or do you want to yeah, talk about the gadgetry? Really. And, and let's, okay. let's, let's, yeah, let's kind of round robin this. Don't everybody jump in where you feel the need. I'll just kind of. Uh, I feel the need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't have Jared reclaim his time. Don't have Jared yeah. reclaim his time. <laughs> Can I reclaim my time? Can I reclaim it? Um, so spoilers like the, the worst kept spoiler in the world. This family is Spanglers. And and honestly, after watching it the third time, it's there are they go to great lengths not to say, to say their name. last name yeah. over and over and over again <laughs> yeah. in the movie. When well, I would imagine the kids, their last yeah. name is not Spangler. But unless my theory is correct that she was born because the actress that plays the mom is like 40. But really? like if she was Egon's kid after Ghostbusters 2, she would only be like 32. So that she means she would have had uh, Finn, Lynn, at 15 or 16 or 17, which is possible. When you, when you think your dad abandoned you, sometimes those are the choices you make. Yeah. Life, so. <laughs> Though I saw another theory that she that Egon had already been, before Ghostbusters 1, had already been married and divorced by that time. Oh. Mm. Well, that could work. Because we don't know anything about their personal lives before. No. But the way she says it, though, she says, you know, she he lived with them, and then he left to go to Oklahoma. So... In my mind, that makes her born after 89. What makes you think she's like 40? Her she's the actress is 40. Oh, yeah, but the actress, you know that you know that word. Yeah, I'm just saying that if the if we're going by the actress's age, she would be born before he ever became a ghost ghostbuster. Sure. But if she is the age in which I think she is, that means she had to be born after 1989, and therefore she would have had. Flynn at 17, which is fine. It's yeah. okay to have kids early. I'm but gonna say okay, also this, but also this it's means, a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Also, this this means that there are several years or at least a year or two after two where they did run a, a successful business that was slowly dying. dying. Well, see, mm-hmm. in my in my mind, it's like every time they did something, like when they fought Gozer for the first time, spoiler, uh, they fight him for the second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, Gozer's the big bad. The reason why they were able to be Ghostbusters is because Gozer was about to come out, and by yeah. them beating Gozer, there were more, mm-hmm. no more ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then on in in Ghostbusters two, the reason they were back again was because Vigo the Carpathian was making more ghosts. Right. They beat Vigo, no more ghosts. So like, unless another great big thing was going to happen again, it was kind of like, yeah, you keep putting yourself out of business because you keep doing your job too well. <laughs> I think from a story right, which, perspective, which they say it, yeah, yeah. I think from a story perspective, they could be like, uh, there have been two uh, massive uh, traumatic uh, spiritual events uh, on this plane of existence. Therefore, the uh, fabric of reality is a bit weakened, and now we're just seeing ghosts come through without the need of a, a major, you know, uh, 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 yeah, magnet, ghost magnet, or whatever, being it goes or or Vigo or whoever. Like, I think uh, the fabric of reality is a bit weakened now. As a result, I think that that would be a great story point. Just be like, yeah, now there's just, you know, 
normal normal ghosts every now and again and, and they're not all over the place here's a ghost but, that spits nails at you here you go <laughs> yeah muncher uh josh gad i guess uh muncher was uh was great um i like that he prevent he provided a physical danger much more so than a lot of the ghosts we've seen in Ghostbusters, because you get caught by that shit, and that's hot metal that's burning through you. And, so. and which it's in my mind why I even hate why this is kids, because why are kids chasing after this ghost that shoots bullets at them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, if I, it was if a if I knew yeah, my kid yeah. was of understanding this technology and was really good at it, I'm like, yo, no, you're not yeah. doing this shit. She seemed mad. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, when he first uh, spits at them and they, they almost, they, they're hiding behind that pipe, she she comes up and she looks pissed. She's like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> this ghost you, you this got me and my one friend. I mean, she 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 almost shot the sheriff. So <laughs> you know, I mean, she. Well, she let's got just angry. let's uh, kind of focus it on. So, yay or nay on the old cast coming back for the cameo at the end? Yeah, here for you had to. They all see. Look, I, they all look rough. <laughs> yeah, because they're seventy year old men. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I will say this. I'm a. I'm a nay on it. I will admit I'm a nay on it. I felt like it took away the point of having the new team, quote unquote, because you could have eliminated them and still made that movie the same movie. Yeah, like the distinct. That was just a distraction, but you could have made some other reason that could have been a distraction and had it. Um, it was great to see it when I was there. I did pop in the theater for it. But then after it sat with me and they got home, it was like, it was a cheap pop. Like, it, it would have been better off if just they weren't there and Egon's ghost led that team, united them, and brought them to that win. Kind of like, this, in that kind of, like almost extreme Ghostbusters-esque, where he was like their mentor, the, the new group, and then he fades and leaves, and his new team goes with it. And then, like, you could even have one of them, possibly Winston, because he had the money, show up at the end. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, show up at the end, and maybe even well, or Ray because she did call Ray. Show up at the end, and be realized that Egon was right, and all the stuff that happened, and him having to deal with the fact of like he didn't come and help Egon when he needed, but then giving some resolution to him, and then that could have been a nice bow and, and wrapped it up, and him acknowledging them as like the new team without having to say it. I think would have worked fine, but. It was cool seeing them, but I, I, it wasn't needed. It was literally just there to say, hey, guys, old I team, think, yay. I, I think, think in all these nostalgia sequel bait things that we it's expected that we're going to have like the older actors in these movies because otherwise, what was the point of even doing it, right? Like in my, in my mind, it's like the reason why anybody even cares about this movie is because they have nostalgia for the, the past, you yeah. know, two movies or, or whatever. So not yeah. having them in it would just be kind of a disservice to the fandom, even though it's cheesy as fuck and 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 pointless as fuck. You know, not having it is just like, what's the point of doing it if you're not going to have them in it? You know, yeah. why would did we wait thirty years for this movie to come out if there was no Bill Murray or you know no? Well, do we? Because I'm, I think we, I think we waited just to have a good Ghostbusters sequel. Necessarily doesn't mean they had to be in it to make it good. Like, let's be completely honest. If 2016 was way better, we wouldn't care that they weren't really in it as their people. Like, yeah. let's just be completely honest. If, if 2016 worked, bothered me, it didn't but... need them. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it would have worked, it would have been Dan a cab driver. The fuck? No. I'm just saying, like, if you, they weren't in it at all and it just the yeah. story worked, we like, let's be real. We all know that good stories for IPs that we like, we will accept. So, 
I don't think I agree with you, Jason. That like, yes, they put butts in the seats. Let's call it what it is. Yes, I don't they think it was needed. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think. Yeah, it was well, needed I agree. With you. I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. It's definitely not needed. But the, the my thing is is it's expected. Yeah, there's right, a there, right, right. there was a there was a lot of I because I had, I brought it up to a couple bar patrons, you know, and they were like, oh, are are their first question, and honestly, sometimes their only question. Are the original people going to be back? I think that that for a lot of people, that is a that is the original creators or the original actors being in it is them signing off on it being a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if they weren't in it, people would be true. like, "Oh, it's probably going to suck." <laughs> Definitely in this case, yeah. So, oh yeah, well, 2016 has made that true. If they weren't going to be in it, 2016 has put that taste where, like you said, yeah. that's why if you said no, they're not in it, they're like, "Oh, fuck that." Like, yeah, never, because, yeah, exactly. Oh, they're not they're not in it. It's a new story. It's a great story. They're like, yeah, I'm not there for it. It, it immediately. It's almost like it they'd have to be there. So plus, I mean, I know they're all showing up for Jason anyway. They're like, come on, buddy. You can go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my next one on that too, just going to spoiler territory. What did you think about the um using of Gozer again and like what just that whole thing? Like okay. did, because first of all, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, the way that they tied it back to Evo Shandor, Evo Shandor was a big player in at least the, the history of him was a big player in the video game. They already fleshed him out a little bit more. He was kind of almost a throwaway line in the original when they're in jail mm-hmm. and they're talking about his, the selenium girders. Yeah, no, nobody ever made like made it like that, you know, that that line. Um, uh, the goes of worshiper stuff. So I loved that they not only made it understandable that he would have access to that weird shit by having his family own a mining company and they were able to town (laughs) and yeah he built town to do it like like i love that i also really like how they so this is the second time we see the whole gozer thing happen right so they really kind of like took the we only got to see it once in the first movie with the with the key master and the gatekeeper and this kind of because now we got to see it a second time and from a different angle, we got to see uh, the, almost like the mechanism behind what it takes to get a gozer into this plane of existence and how it's like, oh, that, you know, I mean, we we understood it in the first one, but this one did a really good job of showing it again from a different angle. And I loved it. And I do love, I absolutely, one of my favorite scenes is watching gozer become half of a specter or a spirit mm-hmm. or, or a shade because they pulled the gatekeeper or the key master. Yeah. The gatekeeper back into a trap. Like it, it, it ripped half of her exi- uh, uh, ability to maintain herself on this plane or itself on this plane of existence. Um, Their self. Yeah. The, and I like seeing part of her, her, it's essence, like be ripped forcibly from it when they trap the key master. I thought that was very cool. And it was actually kind of, I loved how they, I mean, it's not like, hardcore horror because again we're still talking about ghostbusters but she wasn't or it wasn't very i mean it was kind of scary looking when it was coming through the the uh the corn field and everything and you could see like the skeleton and all the the beastly qualities i also like they leaned in on the beast a little bit like uh it uh when she it first shows like it gets up on its uh platform or whatever uh 
she like uh, it's 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 on its hands and its knees and it like growls at one of its uh like the gatekeeper the key master like it's like uh it, it's just a an animalistic force of evil and i dig it i like it and uh i just i was i was i was there for it <laughs> i really liked how they fleshed that out jason I mean, your thoughts on uh Gozer? for me personally the whole gozer thing was i like it but i kind of don't like it you know usually in mm. sequels you know you want to step it up to something like kick it up another notch maybe like uh as you were saying like you know gozer has in the comics gozer has a brother or whatever tiamat. named tiamat maybe they i mean that they could have had to change the name because we just had tiamat in the internals but maybe it'd be you know it's still the evo shandor thing would still be there but maybe a different or even more powerful deity that he figured out later would have been better um and also like the fact that the gate- gatekeeper and the key master are the only two adult characters we know in the whole entire movie. Well, it's a lucky. See, well, yeah, after they saved her her mom from it, but like in the in the first Ghostbusters, it was you know Lewis Tully and and Dana because they lived yeah, yeah. in the building. Mm-hmm. Like in this right. one is like there's no reason for them to go after Paul Rudd other than the fact that he was the only other adult in here. You know, I understand. Well, well. That- them. Or the fact that he went to Walmart at night randomly yeah. just to get ice cream. Like, yeah, just to get ice cream. Go, go like, there they down. are. We knew he was going to be there. You know. Also, I mean, I understand the mom because is that a nod to wink at the Basket Robbins? Yeah. <laughs> Basket Robbins uh, always finds out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I understand the mom being the the the, the, gate, the gatekeeper uh, because you know I I'm assuming the gatekeeper killed Harold Raymond uh, Egon in the beginning of the movie, so like mm-hmm. they have some sort of connection to that place. But, you know, it's like, it could have been anybody, and yet it chose her boyfriend. <laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was a little bit, like, a little bit of a stretch for me. But either way, it still was enjoyable. So like, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's something there in that it, it once the gatekeeper is established, it, it is more uh, susceptible. The keymaster is somebody that's pining after the gatekeeper, like. Paul Rudd wanted to bang the gatekeeper and Lewis Tully really wanted to bang Sigourney Weaver. So, I mean, that may be true, but you know, he got gatekeeped before or key master before she got gatekeeped. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. it went after him first and maybe, yeah. maybe there's some sort of, you know, paranormal, like they knew they want to bang each other. So they picked two people. Right. I don't know, but like yeah. you're in a town full of people full of teenagers and you don't yep. pick yeah. who the forty is. <laughs> You you got it. You got a pool of people to choose from. Yeah, and well, also like when they were in the 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 um burger shop looking at the map, and the other kids were around them looking at. It, I thought they were all going to get into it. I was like, all the did, they did like, oh, that would have been cool to see all the kids yeah. of the town. Yeah. You know, that would have been a little bit more acceptable for me than the fact that they were kids. If all the kids in the town, you know, got in on this ghost busting activity, but they didn't. It was a wasted opportunity. Or they probably shot some mm. scenes and they just couldn't do it. They probably but either did, way. Yeah. It's neither here nor oh, there. Well, shout out to Tully, man. Bangs Dana Angus to bang Janine. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Tully. He, he's the Tully real Fox. MVP of these movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, he also scene. had that blonde chick up in and yeah in the the, 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 apartment, blonde the apartment. Yeah, and he told he, <laughs> yeah. said, he told her to stay. She was like, "All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, <he> fucks. <laughs> let's, let's dance." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Shit, Tully, sex machine, baby. Um. <laughs> Let's go into oh any other spoilers like to touch on before we move on. Uh Egon Spengler dies. Yep. <laughs> also, that was uh talk about a shock the first time I saw it. Uh when she calls Ray uh with her one phone call and he's like, 
Egon Spangler can rot in hell. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, what do we do? What did he fuck his wife or something? Damn, <laughs> like, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> and then he brought it down. He broke it down. He, I love that it, they're talking about the fuel cells and everything. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Also, what a shitty. I mean, like, what a shitty town where they're just like, yeah, we're gonna arrest this twelve-year-old child. We're gonna put him in jail. Joyriding <laughs> in a small like, town. Oh, you're one phone call. You better make it quick. We're not calling automatically calling your parents. Like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, Woodside, yeah. you're a bad sheriff. All right, <laughs> or a good sheriff, depending on how you want to look at it. No, he's not a bad sheriff. No white privilege. Minors. Well, I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. they called his parents because the parents showed up. So. <laughs> They yeah. didn't, what did she need another phone call? Shut the fuck up, child. Stay in your chair. So, like, you don't get a phone call. You're a minor. You have no rights. Lenient and gave her the phone call. It was a bad because he did the call. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to support white King. dude in New York. I'm going to support King. He was giving them the, the reversal white privilege. He's like, this is how I get treated. Shut up and sit in this cell. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go into some random questions. On afterlife or around afterlife, um, would you want to see more sequels of this? Fuck yeah! Well, this okay. this ends since we're still in spoiler territory. This ends with the Ecto One going across like the Brooklyn Bridge, right into New York City again, going back to New York City. So they left what? us effectively in New York. Oh well, I would let's not do spoilers or questions, but we're already here now because I. Uh, Chop those up and I got you, I put got them you. out. Don't worry about it. It's over there. Uh, would you have <laughs> preferred if Egon would have gotten with Janine? Yes. yes nah. It would have been. Nah, she was okay. fucked, there was, she fucked Tully after in in eighty nine. So yeah. like it does. Like yeah, she was all about him in in, in eighty four, but in eighty nine she was with a whole other dude. So I don't know. Maybe they got back together and Tully's like, oh, I'm cool with it. It's fine. We're all friends. You know, he's a bigger man because he's got a fucking. Uh-huh. Horses fucking cock, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, we uh, uh, I think they wanted to probably, but it would have been difficult to have Janine back in and then be like, because this person has issues with their parentage. So it's like, yeah, if, if it had if it had been a scenario where Janine had been the mom, then it would have been like she spent her life making excuses for Egon because she was too close. She was close enough to know what was going on, or it would have been a complicated thing. So I think that they just option to make the mom a non-issue because not entity because stuff. mothers aren't important. It's a it's a wrinkle that they would have had to draw out a lot. Probably you know, right. pacing. Um, if we do get a sequel, let's say Oliver, the baby from Ghostbusters two, is Oscar. in it. Oh, Oscar. Oscar! There you go. Um, <laughs> what trope would you give him to? Because you know we always have to give these people tropes when they return. Like they can't just be well respected normalize human beings something has to be wrong with them what trope are you giving him if you bring him back he's been he would jail. be the spoiled uh legacy character he's like i know what i'm doing i've done this all my life ah. <laughs> yeah i've been busting jail. ghosts before you were even born <laughs> yeah y'all you don't know how to ghost bust i i know how to bust ghosts ah and then he dies or something horrible. Yeah. no yeah no one can take a possession like infant me um <laughs> Doing this <laughs> for you, baby. <laughs> for you, Jared. Any trope you would like to see him go with? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you uh, continue the idea that Dana did all right in her her being a celloist or whatever uh, cellist, uh, and then she did financially well, then yeah, Oscar could be kind of a 
uh, a spoiled kid that is troubled and is in and out of jail, and this is his calling. Time out. Uh, can we go back to a little bit of spoiler things? Okay. I mean, Real I did. This is oh, yeah, another yeah. spoiler <laughs> thing. Cut this up. If you well, look forty-five closely, minutes long. Yeah. yeah. If you look closely at the when the uh, Ghostbusters are together again, if you look closely at their hands. Peter Bateman is wearing a wedding ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, mm. they're married. Oh, he. I mean, oh, are they? Yeah. Who goes and lets another woman shock their husband? Come on. That's fair. facts. I never facts. thought Bill would have settled down, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, he was he was flirting with Gozer. <laughs> Girl, oh, yeah, I think he, he just wants everybody something. and just Dana just just like he's like whatever. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what this one. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind Oscar being uh, a worthless drunk sellout mm. because you know. A lot of PTSD would be in an infant and almost being possessed. And being around a ghost family, a lot yeah. of PTSD would grow up with. It's like that um, short film of uh, Power Rangers and all of the PTSD from, you know, being teenagers, fighting wars. Yes, yeah. Oscar should be really jacked up in the head because uh, yeah. not a healthy environment. <laughs> that could be like a part of the sequel is the fact that maybe like the possession didn't like go away. Right. You know, mm -hmm. that maybe yeah. he's been carrying a part of, of, of Vigo, Vigo his entire life and he's like, and finally, like, you be know, awesome. it's 2022 or whatever, it finally comes out and starts manifesting itself. And he starts giving out the people headlights. Let's start writing, Jaren. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Give some headlight vibes. Or you can just say the events of this last one awakened that side of him that he was oh, marrying because yeah. it got more power because, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Like you said, the fabric thing. Through, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys listening to another edition of the N Word for Nerd podcast. It was our Ghostbusters edition because, you know, Bustin makes us feel good. Pause. Yes, um, hopefully you guys enjoy. <laughs> Bustin does make me feel good. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everybody enjoyed this and let us know about your thoughts on Ghostbusters and do you like our takes on it? Do you think all of them are trash, all of them are great, or just pick and choose which ones you enjoy? Also, let us know what you thought about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife when you get to see it. We do do the spoiler thing, you know, a little further down, so you have some opportunity to hear us talk about it without spoilers being on there. Uh, but please remember to like, share, subscribe to us on from at Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. We are everywhere you want to be, like that credit card. I forgot which one says that, but we are that. Um, Discover. With all that being, <laughs> with all that being said, Jaron, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, comment down uh, where you agree with everything I said, and uh, if you disagree, definitely we will. We are doing what? You're comment? a sexist. We're doing comment uh, comment <laughs> episodes now, so uh, bring all of your Ghostbuster love or hate, and uh, we will definitely feature you and have a conversation about it. So, absolutely. And Jason, any closing words for us? I'm looking at the popular comedies of 2021, and none of them are any pure comedies. This is weird. Maybe we don't do comedies anymore. Because right. it's hard to do a pure comedy because of this PC world we're in now. Like, it's up. I wouldn't blame political being kind to people as PC, but that's fine. <laughs> well, no, think about it. If you make a comedy and you say something mean that offends somebody, everybody backlashes on a comedy now because we are in this, like, you, comedy doesn't have the license it used to have to be offensive. That's what I mean. Yeah. By PC. You can't be offensive. Tell that to Bill Burr, Jim Jeffries, and Anthony Jeselnik, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> well, get it. You, yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of Bill Burr, he did that great Saturday Night Live uh, opening monologue where he just made fun of white women, and he got yeah. <laughs> he got killed for it. He got like, killed for it, but it was like a hundred percent like nothing he said wasn't true. It was so <laughs> great. But yo, like, y'all be kind, be considerate to one another, and tip your servers and bartenders twenty percent at least, if not more, but at least twenty. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, we will see you all next week. And ain't no bitches busting no ghosts.